continue with point number 84, then Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, he continues, وَالشَّفَاعَةُ الَّتِي إِدَّخَرَهَا لَهُمْ حَقِّ كَمَا رُوِيَ فِي الْأَخْبَارِ And the shafa'ah, the intercession, which he has stored up for them, is something true. Just as is reported in the narrations. And the intercession, ash-shafa'ah, which he has stored, for, stored up for them, is something true. Just as occurs in the narrations. Shaykh al-Fawzan, Hafidhullah, he said in explanation of this, so this point with regard to ash-shafa'ah, the intercession. He said, ash-shafa'ah, the intercession, is also from the important matters of aqidah. And in a footnote they mention an evidence for that. They say, as is indicated in the hadith of shafa'ah. The long hadith, which is known with the title of the Hadith of the Shifa, the Hadith of Intercession, reported by Al Bukhari as Hadith three hundred, as Hadith three thousand three hundred forty, Hadith four thousand seven hundred twelve, and Hadith seven thousand five hundred and ten, and also by Muslim, and it's a long hadith mentioning on the day of resurrection that when the people will be suffering from the length of the of the waiting. Then they will go to the different prophets, to the Ulul Azm from the prophets. They will go to Adam salam as well, and then to Nuh, and to Musa and Isa, asking each of them to intercede with Allah for the judgment to begin. And finally, it will be said to them, as it occurs here, go to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, so they will come to me, and I will prostrate beneath the, thr the throne. And it will be said, O Muhammad, raise your head. And intercede. Washfa' to shaffa'. Intercede, your intercession will be accepted. And ask, and you will be given. So this long hadith of intercession is a proof for this point here. Ash-shafa'ah. The intercession on the day of resurrection. So then back to Sheikh, Sheikh Al-Fawzan, Hafizullah's explanation. He said, So, Ash-Shafa'ah, the intercession, is also from the important matters of Aqidah, of creed and belief. Because people have gone astray with regard to affirming it. Some people went beyond the due limits in affirming it. And others took a middle way. Then he mentions how the people have differed with regard to this matter of the intercession, as shafa'a. He said, So with regard to the intercession on the day of resurrection, then the people have become divided about it 
into three categories. And he goes through each category of the people. Firstly, he said, a people who went beyond the limits in affirming it to such an extent that they seek it, I mean they seek intercession, they seek it from the dead and from the graves and from the idols and from the trees and from the stones. And he quoted two ayahs. وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَاؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Surah Yunus, the 10th surah, ayah 18. With the explanation, And they worship besides Allah, that which cannot harm them and cannot benefit them. And they say, these are, these are our intercessors with Allah. I mean, they say about that which they worship besides Allah, these things are our intercessors with Allah. And he quotes another, that's Surah Yunus, the 10th Surah, Ayah 18. And he quotes a second Ayah. مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى Surah Az-Zumar, the 39th Surah, Ayah 3, with the explanation that the people of shirk, those who worship other things besides Allah, they say, we do not worship them except so that they should draw us closer in nearness to Allah. So two ayahs with regard to those people who take intermediaries besides Allah and worship them, seeking nearness to Allah. So that's the category of those who go beyond the limits with regard to intercession. And they, those who seek it, as he said, those who seek it from the dead and seek it from the graves, seek it from idols and trees and stones. Then he mentions the second group. And a group who go beyond bounds in denying intercession. Such as the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij. So they denied that there will be any intercession regarding Ahlul Kabair. They denied that there will be any intercession concerning the people who commit major sins. I mean, those people from this Ummah who die upon major sin. The Mu'tazila and the Khawarij say there will be no intercession for those people. And the Shaykh said, and they, mean these people, the Mu'tazila, the Khawarij and the like, they contradict the proofs from the book and the Sunnah, which are mutawatir, reported by huge numbers of narrators at each level of narration, affirming the intercession, affirming ash-shafa'ah. So that's the second group, opposite to the first. The first who go to extremes in affirming, in affirming and seeking intercession from those who cannot, cannot benefit or harm. And the second group now, the other extreme, those who deny it from its due place. And he said, 
which is in the third group. Whereas the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, they took a middle path. So they affirm the Shafa'ah, they affirm the intercession in the manner mentioned by Allah and His Messenger. And they truly believed in it without ifrat and without tafarit, without exceeding the limits and without falling short of what is required. So here he makes clear that there are three separate groups of people with regard to the intercession. Then he goes on to define the meaning of ash-shafa'ah, intercession. Firstly in the language and then in the religion. So he said, and ash-shafa'ah, intercession, in the language is derived from ash-shafa'ah, that which is even. It's derived from ash-shafa'ah. Ash-shafa'ah is derived from ash-shafa'ah that which is even. He said, meaning the opposite of odd, al-witr. Because the word al-witr, it means a solitary person, that which is single, a single person. Whereas a shafa'a, that which is even, that means more than one. Be it two, or four, or six. It is what is called the even numbers. I mean, the term ashafa refers to even numbers two and four and six and so on. And then, as a side point, some of the explainers mentioned that that's why the way it's derived in the Arabic language is that when somebody has a need, he has a need, the person who intercedes to help him, it's as if he makes himself, he makes that first person, he makes him two by going and joining him in his request and going and interceding with the person who can fulfill that request. So initially there's just the one person who wants, wants the thing. There's the person somewhere who can, who's got what he needs. Now you, you don't leave him on his own. You go and help him. You make, him, make the one person, you make him into two. And you go and ask the one who can fulfill what he wants. So you've made him even now. He's one person, now you've made him even. Shafa'ah. So that's what it's called, ash-shafa'ah. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, وَشَرْعًا And in the legislation, it means acting as an intermediary to carry out needs. That an intermediary, means somebody in between, a middleman, an intermediary comes in between the person who has a need and the one who possesses what he wants. In other words, as, as is pretty clear, you've got the first person, he's got some need, you've got the, the second one, he's got whatever the person needs and requires, and then the third one is the one who comes and in, is, acts as an intermediary, puts himself in the middle and goes to that second one, and asks on behalf of the first one. So this is what it means. He said, in the legislation, it means acting as an intermediary to carry out some needs. 
being an intermediary in between the one who has the need and the one who possesses what he wants. Then the Sheikh makes the point, a very important point, and it is of two categories. Shafa'ah, shafa'atun and Allah, and shafa'atun and al-khalq. The first is interceding with Allah. And the second is interceding with the creation. And it's very important that the Shaykh makes a number of uh, categories here and distinctions. It's very important we keep these in our mind and make, have them clear in our mind and remember them. Because the people of Shirk, they try and mix it all together and try and confuse people by mixing all together. So the Shaykh lays it down carefully in different categories. He said, as for intercession, then it's two categories. Intercession with Allah and intercession with the creation. Then he said, Then as for intercession with the creation, then that is of two categories. Maybe it would be nice if somebody put this in the little little chart when it's all when we've gone through it, inshallah. But anyway, he said, as for intercession with the creation, then that is of two categories. Shafa'atun hasana, a good intercession. Mean that a person intercedes with somebody else from the creation for on behalf of somebody from the creation. The first category of this is a good intercession, which is when it is done with regard to affairs that are good, beneficial, and permissible. That you that you mediate with someone who possesses the needs required by the people in order that he should carry out those needs for them. And that's what it means into intercession with the creation, that's what it means. If you're doing it, you go to somebody who's got the needs, that pe- things that people need, requirements they, ha- they want to carry out, you go to him to get him to give those needs to the people. That's a, cre- that's a good, in- that's the intercession with regard to the people. And for it, to be a good in, for it to be a good intercession, he said, it should be with regard to affairs that are good, beneficial, and permissible. And then he gives an evidence for that. He said, he, the one free of all imperfections, said, مَنْ يَشْفَعَ شَفَاعَةً حَسَنَةً يَكُنْ لَهُ نَصِيبٌ مِنْهَا سُرْتُ nisa the fourth surah, ayah 85. With the explanation... Whoever intercedes for a good cause will receive a share of the reward for it. So this ayah is with regard to intercession between the creation for good things. Then he gives an evidence from the hadith. He said, and he, alayhi salatu wassalam, said, Ishfa'u tu'jaru wa yaqdillahu ala lisani rasulihi ma sha'a. That the Prophet said, Intercede and you will receive reward, and Allah will bring about whatever He wills upon the tongue of His Messenger. This hadith being reported by al Bukhari, 
as hadith 1432 and reported by Muslim and it's from a hadith of Abu Musa radiallahu an. And the full wording of Al-Bukhari, it begins that the companion Abu Musa radiallahu an, he said Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a beggar used to come to him or someone having a need or someone who had a need this was transmitted to him he used to say this ishfa'u tu'jaru intercede and you will receive reward he asked the companions to intercede on behalf of that person what they knew about him say, say something on his behalf to help him in this request So that's an ayah and a hadith proving this good intercession. I mean, intercession of the creation with the creation with regard to good matters. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, So this is shafa'atun hasana. This is good intercession. And there is reward for it because it involves bringing about benefit for the Muslims in their needs being carried out and in their attaining that which they seek which is beneficial for them and as long as it does not involve transgression or wrongdoing against anyone and as long as that's the case this will be a good intercession that you don't intercede on somebody's behalf you try and get something done for him which is something evil or it's something oppressing somebody else, that will not be good intercession. That would fall in the second category, which the Sheikh brings now. He said, and the second category, the second category of intercession amongst the creation. He said, the second category is shafa'atun sayyi'ah, evil intercession, which means interceding for affairs which are forbidden such as interceding so that prescribed punishments which have become binding should be dropped obviously indicating there that, you, that somebody stole for example they stole an, an amount they were caught they were found guilty and then the prescribed punishment was laid upon them that their hand was going to be chopped so then somebody comes to intercede, they, they go to the person in charge of the case, the judge or the like, and they say, they, say I'm, they know him, so they say, don't apply this punishment on the person. I know you, and this person's not really so bad. And they try to intercede, they try and get that punishment stopped. This is the second category. This is an intercession, which is an evil intercession. Then the sheikh said, and the like of this enters into those whom the Prophet ﷺ cursed in his saying, Allahu man awa muhdithan. That Allah has cursed whoever gives shelter to a person of transgression. In a footnote they mention, this is from a hadith of Ali radiallahu an, who said, we do not possess anything with us except for the book of Allah 
And this scroll from the Prophet when somebody asked, came and asked Ali radiallahu anh, do you people, you people of the household, do you have any, any special knowledge with you? So he replied, we do not have anything with us except the book of Allah and this scroll from the Prophet containing the wording that he said, Al-Madinah is a sacred area between A'ir and such and such. Whoever introduces transgression within it, then upon him is the curse of Allah and the angels and all of mankind. No obligatory deed and no optional deed will be accepted from him. Reported by Al-Bukhari as Hadith 18, as Hadith 1870 and by Muslim. So Shaykh al-Fawzan is using this hadith as an evidence, he said, for this second type of interceding, interceding about evil intercession, interceding with regard to forbidden affairs. So the like of these people are those who are cursed by Allah. Then he said, and likewise interceding with regard to seizing the property of other people without right and giving it to those who do not deserve it. Allah the Most High said, وَمَنْ يَشْفَعْ شَفَاعَةً سَيِّئَةً يَكُنْ لَهُ كِفْلٌ مِّنْهَا Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 85. The completion of the ayah which we had just before. The first part of the ayah mentions intercession in a good cause, and this last part of the ayah mentions intercession, or this, this part here of the ayah mentions intercession in an evil cause, with the explanation, and whoever intercedes for an evil cause then he will have a share of sin for that. He will have a share of the sin of it. So that's the first type of intercession. Intercession between the creation. There's somebody from the creation needs something. Somebody else from the creation has got that thing. Somebody else from the creation, the third one, he comes in between. He goes on behalf of the first one to the second one and tries to get it done for him. And then, as we just saw, it falls into one of two categories. Either it's something good you're trying to get done for him, or it's something evil and forbidden. Then he said, moving on to the overall second category, he said, as for intercession with, with Allah, interceding with Allah, ash-shafa'atu and Allah, then that is not like interceding with the creation. In the intercession with Allah is not the same as Intercession amongst the creation. Not the same thing. And of course, as we've had the point before, it's not correct, it's not permissible to draw analogies between the creator and the creation. Nobody has the right to come along and say, look, amongst the creation, this is what happens. Somebody needs something. Somebody else, he wants it from somebody else, so I've got the right to go in between and and therefore, with, uh, by analogy on that, the same thing can happen with regard to Allah. That this is not permissible for anyone to do analogy between the creation and the creator. The creator is not like the creation. So Shaykh al-Fawzan said here, As for the intercession with Allah, then it is not like interceding with the creation. For intercession with the creator 
That means that Allah honors some of his servants by granting them that they may supplicate for some of the Muslims who deserve punishment because they have committed major sins. So the person intercedes with Allah that he should pardon those people and not punish them because that person was a believer upon Tawheed. So therefore the one interceding, he intercedes with Allah the Majestic and Most High that he should pardon that person. Or, he mentions another case when it can apply, or regarding someone who has entered the hellfire because of sins. So the one who's interceding, he intercedes with Allah for that person to be taken out and for the punishment to be removed from him. And this is called a shafaa fi ahlil kabair. This is called the intercession regarding the people who committed the major sins. So this is what it means, shafaa with with the with Allah. It's this category here. Just repeat what he said quickly. It is that Allah, the mighty and majestic, honors some of his servants by granting them that they can make supplication for some of the Muslims who are, who are deserving of punishment because of major sins which they committed. He grants them the honor that they can intercede with him for him to pardon that person and not punish him. Why? Because that person, the guilty one, because he was a believer upon Tawheed, upon the worship of Allah alone. So upon that basis, the one who intercedes, intercedes with Allah, the Majestic and Most High, that he should pardon that person. Or, a second case, or with regard to someone, or with regard to someone who has actually entered the hellfire because of sins. So this person whom Allah honors, he intercedes with Allah that that person should leave the hellfire and that the punishment should be removed from him. And this category here is called intercession with regard to the people, Ahlul Kabair, the people who committed major sins. So having clarified what it means, what interceding with Allah means, then the Shaykh makes, the, he mentions the two important condi conditions for it. He said, however, interceding with Allah has two conditions. al-awwal, the first condition is that it is done only with the permission of Allah. And takuna bi-idhnillah. That it can only be done with the permission of Allah. So no one can intercede with Allah except with His permission. So He is the one who permits the person who intercedes to intercede. 
and as for before he, he has granted permission, then no one can precede Allah, the mighty and majestic. Man illa bi Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 255, a part of Ayat Al-Kursi, with the explanation, who is there that can intercede with him? I mean, there's none that can intercede with him, except with his permission. And the Shaykh said, and he is not like the created beings, whom people come to, in order to intercede with them, even if they do not give permission for it. In this world, somebody in authority, some ruler or something, that you go to intercede on behalf of somebody, you go and you go to his door and you go up to him and ask him, without him giving permission for that, you can go and see. But with regard to Allah, no one can intercede with him until he is given permission for it. And he said, so Allah the, so Allah, the majestic and most high, no one can intercede with him except with his permission. That's the first condition. That Allah grants permission for that. Secondly, the second condition. That the person you are interceding for is one of the people of Tawheed. He is a person who worships Allah alone. And he is from the people of Iman. He is a he is a true believer. He is a mu'min. From those whom Allah is pleased with. Being pleased with their sayings and their actions. And he gives evidence. وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنِ ارْتَضَى Surah Al-Anbiya, 21st Surah, Ayah 28 with the explanation, and they cannot intercede except on behalf of those he, Allah, is pleased with. They cannot intercede except for those he is pleased with. The Shaykh said, meaning that Allah is pleased with that person's sayings and actions. Then the Shaykh said, and these two conditions occur together with the two conditions for intercession with Allah. That Allah permits it and secondly that the one you're interceding for he is from a person of Tawheed, from a person of Iman. Allah is, with, Allah is pleased with his sayings and actions. These two conditions occur in the saying of Allah the Most High إِلَّا مِن بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْضَى Surah Al-Najm, the 53rd Surah Ayah 26 With the explanation Except I mean that can, there can be no intercession Except After Allah has granted permission For whomever he wishes And is pleased with Sheikh said So Allah, This is the first condition Except after Allah has granted permission That's the first condition And someone he is pleased with That's the second condition So if someone asks you What's the evidence for these two conditions You can say 26th ayah of Surah Al-Najm That mentions both conditions For intercession to be Intercession with Allah 
Then the Sheikh said, and as for the unbeliever, as for an unbeliever, a kafir, he will not be benefited by any intercession. فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ الشَّافِعِينَ Surah Al-Muddathir, the 74th Surah, Ayah 48, with the explanation, then they will not, mean the unbelievers, they will not be benefited by the intercession of those who intercede. And he mentions another ayah. مَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ حَمِيمٍ وَلَا شَفِيءٍ يُطَاعَ Surah Ghafir, the 40th Surah, Ayah 18, with the explanation, for the wrongdoers, the wrongdoers from the unbelievers, there will be no devoted friends, nor anyone to intercede for them who will be obeyed. The Sheikh said, so the intercession mentioned in the Quran is of two types. Intercession which is negated or denied. And that is intercession which has its conditions absent. I mean, one or both of the conditions are absent. That's intercession which is denied in the Quran. And intercession which is affirmed, which is the intercession which fulfills its conditions. So as for the unbeliever, then he will not be benefited by intercession. Even if all the inhabitants of the heavens and of the earth were to intercede for him, for an unbeliever, Allah would still not accept their intercession. Because this person is a mushrik, one who worships others besides Allah. He is an unbeliever, a kafir, an unbeliever in Allah, the majestic and most high. Allah is not pleased with him in his sayings and his actions. And the Shaykh mentions the one exception, the one single exception to this, the one partial exception. He said, except for what occurs with regard to the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ with regard to his uncle Abu Talib. For this is a special and particular intercession. And also, it is not an intercession for him to come out from the hellfire, but rather an intercession for the punishment to be reduced upon this man because of the assistance he gave to the Prophet and because of his sheltering him and defending him. So the Prophet will intercede for the punishment to be reduced for him only. And this is an exception. One exception, this point that the intercession will not benefit the unbelievers, there's one, there's one limited exception, one partial exception, which is this one. That we know from the authentic narrations that the Prophet ﷺ will intercede for his uncle Abu Talib. That Allah should reduce his punishment because all the aid which he gave to the Prophet ﷺ in this world, that Allah should reduce his punishment. So that then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that he will be in a shallow part of the fire. The fire will only be up to his ankles and even that level of the fire, it will cause his brain to boil. He'll be in the fire, he won't be able to come out of it but he will just be up to his, into his ankles and it will be so hot his entire body will be, will be boiling and his brain will boil away. So then the Shaykh finished by saying so these are 
This is the confirmed intercession with its conditions. And it is of different types. And that's where the chapter continues. Now, as for the intercession, which is correct, intercession with Allah, which is correct, then it is of different types. And then that's the rest of the chapter where he goes on. And just quickly, as a final point, then Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, he said, he made the point, the same as he said last week about the hadith about the Hawd, that they are mutawatir, then likewise he said this week, Shaykh said about the ahadith about the shafa'ah, the intercession, that the ahadith about that are mutawatir also. They're reported by a huge number of people at every chain of narration, from the companions, the next generation, next generation, a huge number of people reported at every level. And he said, and Ibn Abi Asim in his book As Sunnah, he brings six chapters about this, chapters 163 to 168. And he brings the ahadith in that regard, numbering hadith number 784, all the way through to hadith number 832. Around 40, 48 or 49 hadith. And the explainer, meaning Ibn Abil Iz, rahimahullah, in his explanation, he mentions a good number of them. And they, and they include the fact that the intercession of the Prophet wasallam is of eight different types. So whoever wishes can refer back to that, I mean to the explanation of Ibn Abil Iz. And we'll have the different types of intercession next time, inshallah. Any points of clarification? Yeah, with regard to the hadith, because just, just a part of the hadith was mentioned, Al-Madinatu haramun ma bayna a'irin ila kadha that Medina is a haram, is a sacred place, and the hadith continues, its, it's trees and plants should not be uprooted. And in another narration, it mentions just as Allah made Mecca a, a sacred area for Ibrahim, then Medina is a sacred area, that Allah made a sacred, Medina a sacred area for the Prophet And he mentioned the limits of it in different hadith, he mentioned the limits of it, from Jabal Ir, a mountain to the south of Medina, all the way up, to Jabal Uhud in the north. That between those two, and also the hadith, Ma Baina La that between the two lava plains as well, on each side, the west and the east, there are two black lava plains, volcanic plains. So between these four things, that area in between is a sacred area of Medina. That with regard to the, the part of the hadith that Allah has cursed whoever. There's different wordings of it in one wording. Man ahdatha fiha hadathan. That whoever transgresses, commits evil transgression or, or dhulm, as Ibn Hajar and Al Qadi Iyad mentioned, meaning dhulm. Whoever introduces dhulm in that area, oppression, transgression basically, whoever transgresses there, or it can mean innovating, committing innovations, or sheltering a person like that as well. Not whoever does it or whoever shelters a person like that within Medina, then Allah's curse is upon him. He'll be in a shallow, the hadith mentions he'll be in a shallow part of the fire. And up to, up to his, up to his, I mean, the fire will be up to his ankles. 
And from that, his brains will boil. That's, that's all I recall. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.